0: This is The Lonely Hour, produced by Pale Groove. I'm your host, Julia Bainbridge. I'm an editor and a writer, mainly about food, but I also have a lot of feelings, loneliness being one of them. I want to explore that feeling because it's pervasive, but the literature on it is not. Each episode of The Lonely Hour is going to focus on a particular topic, whether it's A community or a profession, an age group, or an activity that seems to arouse feelings of loneliness or aloneness. That could be mental illness, for example. Or it could be social media's effect on us. It could even be motherhood. The idea is to catalog tidbits on this very human feeling. Because we all feel lonely sometimes, I want to explore how we feel it. Over the last couple of years, OpenTable has seen a 62 percent increase in reservations for tables for one throughout the country. So is it because people like or are even growing to prefer dining alone or is this just circumstance? In the case of food writer Jamie Feldmar, having lunch or dinner alone in restaurants can be a pleasurable thing, a way to recharge and enjoy just herself.
1: I wrote an article for Serious Eats a couple years ago called In Defense of Eating Alone, uh, which was a personal manifesto all about the the pleasures of dining for one. And I had a couple of points um, sort of ranging from the practical to the philosophical. So on a practical level, um, I occasionally enjoy eating by myself because it makes it easier to get into crowded restaurants. I can get whatever i want and not have to share it with anyone um i can get those are sort of the practical reasons and on a philosophical level it really gives me a chance to have a little bit of a mental break and have a reset inside of my own head my life and my work are very very social and filled with a lot of stimulus and a lot a lot of human interaction And I love people, and I love having an active social life, and I love having an active professional life, and they bleed into each other, and that's really fulfilling for me. But it can be overwhelming, and I like spending a little bit of downtime, a little bit of quiet time in my own head where I can focus on the things that I sort of need to spend some time thinking about. I oftentimes come up with ideas for creative projects when I'm alone. Um, Including this article? Including this article, which was written as a direct result of me going out to eat by myself. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's a chance to be really selfish, um, which is something that I am a strong advocate for. Not all the time in life, but it's a time to be, to do whatever you want to do, and only you, and not have to compromise with other people, and not have to go through this social negotiation of, interacting with other people. And I actually find it incredibly not only pleasurable, but necessary for me to take a break from the sort of constant socialization and stimulus that I'm subject to in almost every other aspect of my life.
0: Yeah, and it seemed to resonate with readers like they in the comments of this piece, they overwhelmingly agreed, you know, that they enjoy dining alone sometimes anyway. And as you said, not just as an escape from other stuff, but as a, you know, as a real moment, as a gift to themselves. Yeah,
1: the same way I think that, you know, the human body needs to sleep every night in order to restore itself physically. I think that occasionally the human brain needs some alone time to restore itself mentally. And if you're someone like me who loves to eat, it's great to combine that alone time with the activity of eating. And I don't necessarily... You know, it's not for everyone. Like, if you don't want to do it or if you're not comfortable doing it, then then don't. But my point is that there's no shame in it. There should be no stigma attached to it. And actually, I have found that if you want it to, it can be a way to encourage social interaction. I've had really good experiences dining alone, talking to waitstaff or bartenders who've paid extra attention to me or been extra nice to me. I've met new people when I'm dining alone at a bar who are also there dining alone for whatever reason and sometimes we strike up a conversation and that's nice. So it's not necessarily like an isolating thing.
0: In a change of format from how we usually do this show, another person joined in my conversation with Jamie. Kef is a video artist whose short film, Party of One, focuses on the downsides of dining alone. Before we get into kind of a point counterpoint with Jamie, I'll let him tell you about that project and why he finds the rise in solo dining to be worrisome.
2: The short film is basically um, a narrative-driven piece kind of examining the culture of eating alone. Uh, It's done through the eyes of an immigrant who, who has moved to New York City and is unfamiliar with kind of like the the culture of eating alone that's really prevalent in especially in urban cities like Los Angeles and New York. And um, the, the immigrant is Taiwanese and, and comes from a culture where eating is, I, I, th- I would argue, kind of really one of the basic tenets. Uh, eat, eating together is one of the basic tenets of day-to-day, day-to-day life. And it's, it, it's highly prized and highly valued in that society.
0: Why shoot it through his eyes instead of somebody who maybe is more practiced and comfortable at this.
2: Well, I wanted to kind of remind people of that. I think there are a lot of New Yorkers who've been here for a very long time. Eating alone becomes, um, you're accustomed to it. It's something that you see a lot of people doing. Uh, And the more time you spend in New York, the more time you spend eating alone, the less strange it seems. Um, But then I think I I wanted to use uh, an immigrant's perspective to kind of not just create a stronger juxtaposition between kind of like his point of view and, and the, the environment he's in, but I also kind of wanted to remind people of how naturally we find we think eating alone, we start out thinking that eating alone is uncomfortable. I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of like go back to the roots of that, and I think for a lot of people um, seeing it, especially in places like LA and New York, and, and you know, just for people who have kind of grown accustomed to eating alone, it, was, it had become unfamiliar to them, so I wanted to remind them.
0: All right, Kath, in an email you sent me before we got together here, you wrote that you were concerned that the joy of dining alone coupled with the waning taboo of it could lead to a preference for dining alone, and that this preference may ultimately have long-term costs in terms of human happiness and health. Can you expand on that?
2: I eat alone quite a lot, and, I, and I've kind of wanted to do something about, about the subject for a while. I wasn't sure what my point of view on it was. But what, what really kind of shaped my opinion was when I read, um, there's, a, there's a great book by a French philosopher um, named Jean Magillard, um called America. What, what he had done was that after he retired from teaching philosophy in, in France, he'd kind of come to America for the first time mm-hmm. and just kind of wandered around. And, and at the end of it all, he kind of wrote down everything he observed and turned turned into a book, which I thought was really, really like an interesting obse- observation, but he had a nice piece um, within his thing about eating alone. And he said that eating alone is, is Saturn in poverty and Saturn in the beggar. He said that eating alone, he said, he said that human beings and animals uh, when they're born are either sharing in food or fighting over it. And he said that to when, when, when someone chooses to eat alone, they're kind of foregoing their basic relationships to food and in, in essence are dead, which is a little bit dramatic. Uh, certainly but it it, it was a, it was a very like interesting point of view that i that i thought about and like turned over in my head more and more
0: dramatically <laughs> echoed by the subject of your film because correct me if i'm wrong he at one point he said the more you eat alone the more out of touch with humanity you'll become
2: right and i think it overall as like technology is seeping into our lives and stuff like that i think i th- i feel like i feel like people like the like civilization as a whole is kind of becoming in a way, more like, like antisocial in a certain way, and I don't, and, and and it's, it's interesting to me because it's often like skewed, or presented as being like independent and empowering, and I and I saw this as another example of that, which yeah. we're like, we like eating alone and and all that is being presented as this like empowering, liberating thing, um, which we're it's where it can be, but I also wanted to take the devil's advocate point of view on that. And I think that the more you eat alone, um, the more you kind of want to, because, because naturally you feel uncomfortable with it. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance that kind of kicks in where you need to suppress that discomfort as much as possible. And, and while I'm saying there are true benefits to eating alone, I think you might convince yourself more and more that those benefits are more, like are, are greater than they actually seem. Then all of a sudden eating alone is the best option.
1: I actually think that the bigger potential repercussion on culture as a whole is if you deny your desire to occasionally be alone and you force yourself into a position where you're constantly socializing and not being lonely or you're trying you know you're trying very hard to avoid loneliness I think that that's actually setting humans as a whole up for failure. Like that's a high pressure situation that's unattainable and I think it's very necessary for humans to occasionally take a break from socializing.
2: We kind of take like two different extremes on the same thing in a little, in in a certain sense. Like for like like I can like you're afraid that I mean I, I totally get the the sense that like eating alone you're saying is basically recharging in, in in a sense. Um is recharging um for like um like later like social interaction and stuff like that. And and I'm and I'm coming, kind of coming from a different point of view, which is that, I think people, I think people gravitate to what's comfortable, mm-hmm. and I think and I think, while people, naturally like it, and it's interesting because I we've talked a lot about how eating eating together I think is a is a norm, but then I think that in in this like culture where people are becoming more isolated, I think people are becoming more comfortable. With being by themselves. So the, the thing is that I, th- I think that, and this is where the, the short term and the long term thing happens, I think that at some point many people start to transition from seeing eating alone as like a recharge from like social activity to a straight up preferred eating method. And, and you
1: think that that's gonna like destroy humanity?
2: i think i don't think it's Turn us all
1: into zombies it's
2: not going to destroy humanity necessarily but it is going to lead to kind of it's it's a fundamental breakdown of one of the most human things we do which is to eat together by nature i think like um i i, I maintain that um all animals are natural like by nature social so you have that fundamental element where people desire to be in the company of others people want to do things with other people people are happier when they when they when they're in contact with people with other people even even um, like um, there, there's been studies about people who have kind of gone freelance and how they've they've become lonelier because they don't have that everyday contact of just walking around people or walking Reach. to an walking to an <laughs> office and stuff like that yeah um, so so that's a nature element which is that I think I think animals human beings included are by nature social and then there's a nurture element of it which is that historically um, if you look at most cultures, they're 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 built up in this culture of eating together. You have you have the Europeans who have like that. You have the feasts, and and in modern times, you have the Barcelona like four-hour, three or four-hour midnight dinners where everyone kind of congregates together. In Chinese, in, in Asian culture, you know, um, we're family, and family is essentially important. But um, eating together is, is is so critical that. One of the, com- the common greetings in Chinese is, which is, have you eaten yet? Yeah. That's how people just straight up greet each other. But eat-
1: culture has evolved, though. I mean, right. technology has evolved, and culture evolves along with it. Mm-hmm. So is it such a bad thing that perhaps humans are culturally evolving toward a more isolated eating experience?
2: I mean, that remains to be seen, right? I think... Um, I, I've certainly seen like um, that happen, you know. Not um, despite the, the the sacredness of eating together in Asian mm-hmm. culture, you like eating alone very much mm-hmm. does happen, uh, especially in, in in Tokyo. And I mm-hmm. think that it's it has to do with urbanization. To a to a to a yeah, certain extent, yeah. And there's
1: obviously a lot of downsides to urbanization, but at the same time, it's not all evil. I mean, economy mm-hmm. has flourished, technology has flourished. Like mm-hmm. these things, it's hard to separate them. Right. Um, I, I, I can't deny it but it's not necessarily like eroding I don't think it's eroding like fundamental human nature it's just that human nature is changing and evolving along with all of these other things that we're creating Mm -hmm. around it there was something you said in your email and I'm just going to read it about um, how loneliness is a reprieve from moments like a relief in between moments of social interaction Mm -hmm. and I Wanted to sort of know what you meant by that, because in the way, the language that you used, the word relief almost made it seem like a positive thing, like loneliness could be a positive break from social interaction. And I just wanted to say that there's many times that I'm not necessarily socially interacting with anyone, but I'm also not lonely. Like, I don't think that that they go hand in hand.
0: You keep referring to communal dining as a fundamental thing where kind of bread to do but i don't know that that's true i mean we're eating alone from day one right like a baby nurses on its own
2: as long as you think that social so like eating together with other people is is like is the best version of of, or the best way to eat i think eating alone is always going to be a little bit lonely
1: there are many wonderful things about eating with other people, and I do think that you should do it often. I think it's very important for many, many reasons mm-hmm. um, but there is always an element of compromise, almost always an element of compromise that comes when you are interacting with other people, especially over food. Mm-hmm. You're negotiating what to order you might be sharing food, you're dealing with people's dietary preferences you're dealing with people's taste preferences there's always like there's always a negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time it's not like a huge deal and it's not, you know, it's not insurmountable. But um, because most of us have to do a lot of negotiation all throughout our day mm-hmm. with everything, not just with food, um, you know, one of the nice things about eating alone that I think really comes back to like one of the fundamental, fundamentally great things about being human is that you can do whatever you want and you can really like indulge and engage in your most pure desires in a way you can be like 100 percent fully yourself doing whatever you want to do when you're not having to compromise with other people so if i'm eating alone and i want to mix and match ice cream with chinese food with you know a Mm -hmm. Polish dessert or some whatever yeah I can do that because I want to and Mm -hmm. that to me is so necessary in a life filled with so many compromises every day
0: great when taken in small doses but I think if if I'm really to put it in a nutshell what Kef is getting at is uh, and you know I stated this earlier the question like are our desires you know always what's best for us or satisfying those desires, always the healthiest thing for us. And, um, you know, you keep saying doing what we want to do, you know, we're we're, it's leading doing what we want to do, meaning dining alone more. um, It's leading to this big preference for dining alone more. So we're all eating alone more. And ultimately, we're becoming a lonelier people because though we've convinced ourselves we want to eat alone, it may not be the healthiest thing for us as a human people based on what you see in most like cultural histories right um well i would argue that 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 it's not
1: healthy to deny in the same way that you sort of argue that it's not healthy to deny the natural discomfort of eating alone Mm -hmm. i would say it's not healthy to deny the desire to occasionally eat alone
0: over the last two years open tables seen like a 62 percent increase in tables for one throughout america um and i guess you could argue that you know that's great because people who might have been denying their desire to eat alone before becoming more comfortable with it and satisfying those desires. But perhaps I guess your whole question, Kef, in this film is like, perhaps um, that the, this is. This trend is increasing and um, increasing to a degree that it ultimately might be bad for us as a human people.
2: Yeah. And, and like, like um, you, see, you say that like, people should be free to do what they want. I uh, and, and freedom. I don't like, want to
1: take this no, no, to it's, the it's most not, I'm, extreme extreme. I'm not, like, I'm totally, I'm totally not extreme. making. I'm For not, the <laughs> record, murder is bad. Yeah, I'm
2: not. I'm not. I'm not making this about a thing about liberty and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, you know. So, you know, I, we have we have the evidence. Um, it's, it's great that you brought that open table statistic. Um, that that eating alone is. I think. I think. I think that is an indication that it's become in in a lot of cases already a preference, and so. You know, just as people, just as people want, occasionally have desires to want to eat alone, have a moment's break. We get, we still have desires too to eat together. You sure. Know, like we want, like when the, when a new restaurant opens, or or um, when you want to get together with somebody, or or something like that. Or sometimes you just crave social contact. Absolutely. The problem is, in my opinion, that when you've become accustomed to eating alone, it's so it's what you know so well, and it's what's so comfortable that. That becomes that. That then, then the that tables you are kind that of over. precisely. So the tables are kind of turned in that mm-hmm. sense, where you know you like what you really want is social contact, but it's so hard to go through your phone to, fig- to to get in touch with somebody. It's so hard to figure out where you want to go. There's so many compromises. So you've become so accustomed to the. Ben- you've already convinced yourself that the benefits. There are, there are so many benefits to eating alone. And without realizing, you've already you've already kind of preferred it, and it is the easier option. I can go get a burrito at my favorite place right now, and and not have to wait like an hour for for one of three people to text me back about food. Mm-hmm. And so, in that context, then then that's kind of like where you know you you can tell yourself that like you, you still got what you wanted in the end. But I, I feel like I feel like then then that then that becomes harder to satisfy because. Because it's it's one thing, it's one thing to like, to, to kind of be in a place where, where eating alone is still uncomfortable, but but then, but then to still occasionally crave eating alone, and that's that's a, that's a itch you can scratch, because because that that's a, that's a low cost of entry. There's just no barriers to that. You can just there's a little bit of discomfort, but you pull your phone out, you look at some stuff, you don't you don't feel so weird by yourself. To go from the other way around, which is that you're used to eating alone, to try, to going back to like okay, I'm ready to go eat with friends again. That's a very difficult, that's a very difficult thing to go back. And I think it mirrors kind of dating in that sense, like to go from like being the person who goes out Friday night, Saturday night and being like, you know what? Like tired of, I'm tired of meeting like really whack people. I'm tired of like, like spending like 40 bucks on cabs and like buying drinks and stuff like that. Like, like I'm just going to, I'm just going to be like a Netflix kind of person. Like that's, that's, that's super easy. It's super easy to go for that. But to go from to, to become used to that, to, to becoming used to saving money, becoming used to like not having to wear makeup and like constantly like look your best and, and, and going like, okay, I better get out. Like like once you've become like Netflix, then I think now is, a, I, I, I'm, yeah, I just made that a verb. Um, and, and I think this, it's kind of like appropriate because we've got this winter like right now like, is when people are staying in the most, like to, to try and go from that to like, okay, I'm gonna dress up and go in. The, the, the barriers are like much, much higher. So it's the same thing of like once you become accustomed to like being alone and doing your and doing your thing, it's so much harder to go back to that. I,
1: I think that that's so. I totally, I totally hear you, yeah. and I understand, and to a certain extent, I agree. Uh-huh. But I also think that there's like a level of assumption going on here that if you go too far down this road of liking to eat alone, like you can't go back, like you can't reintegrate into society. And I just, I don't think there's really any evidence to support that.
2: Well, it's, um, you know, if if you think eating alone is is by nature a like a part of, who, or if you think that if you think that Adam, like people are social, then eating alone is kind of like what, and even even in that temper reprieve, it's it's a severing from of, of yourself kind of from like from that. And so the question I'm raising is that, like, if you sever, if you sever that cord repeatedly over time, you know, can you rebuild it? And and for a lot of, and so so I think that for a lot of people, like, uh, the answer is yes because because they've never they, they haven't really like like gotten to a place where they've become so accustomed to it that, so they can go back easily. But I'm but I know know for a fact there are plenty of people um, who have become so who have become so used to it and. and have essentially cut the cord, and they
1: can't, the, com, they can't
0: crawl back out of it.
2: I think I think it's very very difficult for them to do. I, I you, do.
0: I find myself more annoyed sometimes with dining with people now because mm-hmm. there are so many comforts that come comfort from You've gone to the alone. dark side.
2: There are times when I'm eating alone where I like to be social too. Like I like to strike up conversations with other people and stuff like that.
1: Right. We haven't even really talked about that. So yeah.
2: there was a there was a there was a woman I would met. She had been widowed for 15 years, and she was just eating. and And she had like, as a result, she had become used to eating alone. And she um she straight up told me when I when I tried to strike up a conversation with her that that she didn't like talking to people anymore. So this was like this like this was her thing. Like like she 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 um like she. She had accepted that was the way that it was the mm. way it was. And, and so so for her, like it was it was all she knew.
0: First time novelist Stephanie Danler wrote a book called Sweet Bitter about her experience as a waitress at what was it? Union Square Cafe. Yeah. Um, and. She references this one woman who's a widow, you know, she's, she lives alone now, no husband, her kids are grown um, and have their own families wherever they are. And her weekly tradition is to come into the restaurant and that's where she has contact. You know, she knows all of the servers by name. Um, they treat her well, she treats them well. It's this real um, dining solo for her is this real way to get in touch with other people.
1: It's, it's highly personal. It's highly personalized. It has a lot to do with what kind of person you are and what you do for a living and, you know, how you like to interact with other people or not interact with other people. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make generalizations about it. Um, I know we've sort of spent the past hour doing just mm-hmm. that. But it is worth it to, to realize that people eat alone for all kinds of different reasons. Lots of people eat alone because of work, because they travel for their jobs, <clears throat> and they travel independently, and they have no one to eat with. Um, so they're sort of forced to. Um, and maybe they end up liking it, or maybe they don't. I will admit that when I, when I eat alone, it's typically at a place with a bar where, mm-hmm. I can, where it doesn't seem as obvious to be eating alone. However, um, I distinctly recall a couple years ago, I took myself to lunch and at, um, <clears throat> at a restaurant called Perry Street that no longer exists, but it's like a John George restaurant, um, fairly high end, and I went alone and sat at a table by myself and brought a book, and they were great about it, and I felt about 85% comfortable. But I will admit that there was a part of me that felt self-conscious about it because I was so obviously mm-hmm. at a table for two, and it was just me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was that was a little bit hard, but I'm glad I did it, and I would do it again. Um, but then we'd get to the issue of the book, which is also right. a defense mechanism mm-hmm. um, slash potentially, you know, a, a boredom mechanism. Sometimes you just want to go be alone and be inside of your own head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want maybe something to bring you out of your head. Um, sometimes maybe you just like don't really want to think at all so you're gonna put something in front of you and you know, have that there. And mm-hmm. it's either for you to focus on or maybe it's to serve as a shield. Um, it can I, be both.
0: Part of the discomfort personally when I'm dining alone at a two top as opposed to at a bar is because of the um, either the potential or the actual like pity that's thrown my way from the weight staff. So, you know, that's a whole nother issue is that like I would be 100 percent comfortable were I not receiving more attention very clearly um, from the weight staff. It's obviously
1: case by case and it's tough to say. And I think that depending on where you're eating and depending on like how well trained the staff is, mm-hmm. that there is sort of a right way to handle it. And it's. You have to read, like, the, it's the waitstaff's responsibility to read the situation. I think some solo diners want extra attention, and they sort of want to be coddled, and some mm-hmm. don't want it, and it's, like, the onus is on the waitstaff. And whatever the diner is feeling, like, if you're feeling that you're getting extra attention because you're alone, it's possible that that is the case. It's also possible that that's just an amplification of your own insecurity about being mm. alone.
2: This, that's the that's the construct and that's the rules of society right now. Eating alone is weird, but the society has kind of built it up. And the fact that you feel a little bit of discomfort eating alone is an indication that society has conditioned you to believe that eating together is the norm.
1: So I guess my whole point is like that eating alone is not necessarily lonely. It can be, but it, it,
0: it is not the same. Amanda Cohen is the chef and owner of Dirt Candy Restaurant in New York City. From this February 9th to 13th, she's not only reserving all of her counter seats for solo diners, but she's also created a special tasting menu just for them.
3: And we like doing these nights because we get a lot of single diners, just even throughout the year, not even around Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does suck, because they come in and they have like one thing, and they're like, oh, I wish I could have so much. And at the little place, we had time to say, oh, you know, well, we'll split orders for you. We'll do what we can. But here we're a little bit busy or it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, and this seemed like a really nice thing we could do where you could sit down by yourself and actually have a whole adult meal and not feel rushed. I feel like often when you go out as a single diner, solo diner, you, the restaurants tend to make you feel uncomfortable, like you're taking up space and you shouldn't be there for that long because they could take that table and and give it to two people. And we really wanna let people know, no, you're here. We are gonna let you sit for as long as you wanna sit, take your time, enjoy it, have a really good conversation with yourself. Uh, I love my solo diners. They're usually the nicest customers. They come in, they're not grumpy, they're really excited to be here. In general, they tend to be more sort of like destination diners, that's what I've discovered. Mm. You know, you're out of town, and you're like, well, what am I gonna do tonight? Um, I don't know anybody in the city, and so then you make a reservation and you go spend the night at a um, at a restaurant. So yeah, I love it absolutely, yeah. and I've almost never had a solo diner not show up for the reservation. So that's a plus.
0: What about staff training? Like, do you focus on teaching the wait staff? Uh, anything about especially dealing expertly with solo diners or is it kind of like the same rules apply to to everyone?
3: I think the same rules apply, but we do talk about, you know, going a little bit slower. They don't need to be hurried or to watching them a little bit more because the timing, I guess, the timing of how a solo diner eats is different than how two people eat. They could be actually going faster. They could be going slower. So you do have to sort of focus a little bit more and um, work with their rhythm. We want to make sure they're really happy. So whereas sometimes with tables of two, we can impose our rhythm with a single diner. We can't, hmm. uh, you can't, they can't be eating what, I mean, here, a lot of our courses are shared, you right. know, it's a couple of different plates and they're all shared. So, but here we want to be really careful that we don't give them too much at once or we only give them one at once. Uh, cause it's too overwhelming. You know, you're sitting at a table and you're like, well, I, ha- I ordered four dishes, but I didn't necessarily want them all at once. Whereas for a table of two, that's what we would do because, you know, that's how we send out the food.
0: Are are you noticing a shift in the industry at all like that with with more people dining alone, hospitality is accommodating them differently or, you know, putting more attention on how to treat the solo diner or even on building out new restaurants with solo diners in mind, like more, you know, longer, deeper bars or.
3: uh... Well, I think just sort of the, you know, so many restaurants now do have counter seating or they do have bigger bars. Uh, and that sort of makes it so much easier for solo diners. So I think that does become a consideration. I think for other people, it is hard to, you know, have a solo diner come in and take up two seats. That is real estate. Right. Uh, but the more you can sort of sit at a bar or sit at a counter, it makes it really easy. So I, and it's not maybe 10 years ago it would have been weird. And now it's pretty normal to look over and see some single person eating next to you.
0: Yeah. Do you like dining solo? Do you do it yourself?
3: I would. I don't, I'm not often by myself, but I think I would. I would go to my own solo diners. I mean, I wouldn't go to my restaurant because that'd be weird. (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, I think it would be great. And I I think if you know you can go to a restaurant um, where you're going to feel comfortable, it makes it that much easier. So, you know, if you're traveling and you know a restaurant sort of has a program for a solo diner, then yeah, I mean, I would go there in a heartbeat. You know, it is awkward sometimes walking into a restaurant and being like, can I just sit at the bar by myself and have something to eat? you do feel weird. It's already awkward enough going into a restaurant. So being by yourself is even a little bit more awkward. But if you know you are going somewhere that's accommodating, it makes it that much nicer. Why
0: do you say that going into a restaurant is already kind of awkward? I don't know. I
3: still, Even though I own one. <laughs> and I've owned <laughs> some, you know, you get intimidated. You walk in and you have to deal with the hostess and you have to wait at the bar and you have to get people's attention and you have to make sure the server likes you. I don't know. You want? I, I, I think I'm performative. So I always want to make sure, you know, a server is like, yeah, you're funny. Of course, whatever. Um, or I'm doing the right thing or I'm cool enough to be in the restaurant. You know, I, I always think of myself as a giant dork. So am I like the biggest dork in the restaurant at that moment?
0: Interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought about it that way. But there is that, you know, immediately you cross the threshold of the restaurant and kind of because... It's the hospitality industry. Eyes are kind of on you, at least from behind the hostess table, and you maybe other waiters looking up to see who's the new customer who walked in the door. It's like there's a little bit of a spotlight on you.
3: Um, there is, and are they going to talk about me? Are they going to talk about what I ordered? Did I order too much? You know? <laughs> do, I order do you know time. that from personal experience? Do you guys talk yes. about diners? Yeah. Well, we never. The funny thing is, is we we never talk about diners that order too much food because you know that's awesome. We do sometimes are like, oh, you only ordered that much. That's what the back mis- whispering is about. So, but in my head as a diner, I always think they're going to talk about how much I ordered. But, you know, that's my job. So we order a lot of food. Um, you know, and I apologize. I'm like, oh, I know we ordered a lot, but I'm really hungry today. Or, you know, whatever stupid thing it is I say. Because um, you feel awkward. As opposed to being like, well, I'm at a restaurant. I'm ordering food. What do you care? Uh, even I know that the conversation isn't that I order too much. It's, wow, they didn't order enough.
0: Right. Um, I like the way you put it with the solo dining program, because, you know, it's more than just reserving seats. It's also, you know, as you're doing, creating something special just for solo diners. Do you know of anyone else doing this sort of thing? Any other restaurants?
3: Yeah, I mean, not yet, but I hope it takes off. And the response, the response was always really good at the little one. We had sort of this, um, core group that came back year after year, uh, but it's been outstanding this time around and surprising. So Maybe people will take note and, you know, this is actually a program that'll take off. Um, one of the fun things, too, is, you know, we do have this sort of core group who's come year after year. And there might not be friends outside of the restaurant, but they do see each other when they come into the restaurant. And they're like, hey, I haven't seen you for a year. How's it going?
0: What about the most private kind of dining, alone and at home? Samantha Rose Witter just finished a master's in food studies at New York University, where she completed a project that studied the human emotions connected to this kind of solo
4: meal taking. She called it bed spaghetti. I eat alone a lot, which is what led me to this project. Um, I wanted to keep with that projection of self and performance of identity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I thought you can boil it down really easily to what you are when you eat alone, you know, what that says about you. So there was a moment when I was, I think, deciding on what I wanted to do, I I was eating a bowl of spaghetti in bed. I had stripped my bed of all the sheets. It was laundry day. And it was just a bare mattress and a bowl of leftover spaghetti that was gummy and and pretty disgusting. And I thought to myself, you know, if someone could see me now, what would they think? What does what this say about me? Um, should I be guilty? Should I feel embarrassment and shame about this meal or should I just feel fine? And I started to think, what do other people eat alone? This is such a common thing. Everyone eats alone. There's, mm-hmm. there's no instance that I know of where someone has not had this experience of eating solo. Um, so I decided to title it Bed Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. These stories are really important. They mm-hmm. are poignant and powerful, and everyone has one. So I just created an open-ended survey, and I just tried to get as many responses as possible. And those responses were so beautiful that I felt I just needed a place to put them. And reading through them, uh, the quotes were just visual to me. I thought they were stimulating visually, so I, I created a photo essay and attached these quotes to them
0: yeah i i want to talk a bit about or ask you about something Mm -hmm. that i saw you write on the site so it's bedspaghetti.com um you wrote that after conducting some research or i guess those and those surveys um that you found that quote meals eaten in this solitary manner are are deeply rooted not just in pleasure and delight as i had initially expected when i started this project but also in guilt shame self-consciousness anger and loneliness Mm -hmm. so I'll get to the loneliness and a sex, and of course, that's what we're concerned with here. <laughs> yeah. But um, why did you expect pleasure and delight?
4: I think because I feel that. When yeah. I'm eating something, I am so excited to just binge. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that no one will watch me. I can eat with my hands. I don't have to use a napkin. I can eat the crumbs on the table and not feel like, oh, someone's going to look at me and think that table's dirty. Why are you eating that? Mm-hmm. Um, I ate an entire sleeve of cookies yesterday in front of the computer. And when my husband came home, he saw the empty package and he said, oh, I I saw you were eating cookies. And I'm like, yeah, I, I was. It was great. Uh, so I feel. This is why I'm never getting married.
0: There'll be nobody <laughs> to, to watch to, to call me
4: on that kind of behavior. You don't want to be called out. And you're like, oh, I did do that. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I get a lot of pleasure from eating. I feel a lot of pleasure eating processed food. I think a lot of people don't. I'm an anomaly in that sense, at least in the program I was in. Uh, Definitely.
0: I mean, I would imagine that. Yeah there's some is there some shame involved in that so it's like that's your private moment when you can delight in it
4: right i mean a bag of flaming hot cheetos to me is is just ecstasy (laughs) (laughs) so i was expecting this sense of delight and instead i received a lot of guilt and shame and and it was uh enlightening to me um it definitely opened my eyes it it made a lot of sense also i mean there are a lot of people who had who have food issues and mm-hmm. and eating alone if you have a food issue if you're alone with yourself then of course that's going to be amplified it's it's just you and the plate and the food it's you're not going to necessarily have anything else holding you back or or telling you to do something so i yeah i i, I was surprised but in a i expected way i guess it was yeah, yeah. reading through them in some of my favorite pieces just kind of had that, that a tone a very specific feeling mm-hmm. um, so things like uh, anxiety you know there was one quote I'm not even sure if this is the the same category but uh, a story about how someone felt fear of choking when they eat alone so they would exclusively eat mushy food alone and um, or if they weren't eating mushy food they would have a phone near them so they could call someone if, there was an issue. Wow. Uh, Which to me was wild. I had never even considered that. This person, I think it was a man, but I'm not sure, um, who had very poor written skills Mm -hmm. and wrote all about how they used to eat poorly, used to eat processed food. Now they're starting to try to change the way in which they eat and they're trying to eat more frozen food that's packaged, but with fresher ingredients etc and at the end of this and and they started to write about how they eat when they're alone and this person would say you know i i don't want to watch tv but i always find myself doing that because in the last sentence was something like i I don't have nobody to eat with Mm. and it was just so i mean it all of these quotes kind of the last bit of it is is the crux of it i think a lot of people just kind of would write their thoughts and then at the end of it they would be they would say their their statement which to me a lot of it was loneliness there was someone who wrote about how they will make food will make (laughs) like hot dogs and um, mac and cheese for themselves and they said if I was with someone else I would probably eat better and I, I would probably not watch TV or I would you know try to do something else but I'm I'm alone in this so. This mm-hmm. is what I eat. There are times when I eat alone and I know if someone else was there, maybe I would make something healthier. But, I mean, for me, it's convenience most of the time. And mm-hmm. because of convenience, that's why my tastes are swayed towards processed food anyway. I mean, I was raised in a household in which convenience was a necessity, so therefore we ate processed food. And I, if I'm alone, I would prefer to eat something processed it'll be quick it'll be easy it'll be satisfying but if I'm with someone else maybe I want to make sure that that person feels cared for and that they're you know I'm not Mm -hmm. just throwing Kraft mac and cheese in their face and calling it a meal instead I'm going to make them something fresh and healthy uh
0: but so true mm -hmm. like we care for others better than we care for ourselves a lot of the time a lot of people said that so
4: many people harped on that which was I was surprised about. I thought, yeah, how so
0: would they say? A lot
4: of people would say that they, if they were alone, they wouldn't even make themselves a meal. It could be just um, snacks or things straight out of the refrigerator or pantry or boxes and um, not a full meal at all. And they said if someone else was there, they would they would probably put the time and effort into making a meal. But if it's just for them, it's they didn't say they're not worthy. But that's the that's the quality that I felt reading those statements.
0: One I found hilarious was in the satisfied category. Mm-hmm. And this person wrote, there was a woman who lived across the street from me alone, and I would watch her ritual rituals which paralleled mine. And I spotted her on her little balcony dining on salmon for one. It was a good recipe, but instructed <laughs> to sear the skin and slip it off. I say live a little. <laughs> I mean, only in New York, right? Like it's, right. these people are alone together and spying watching, on each
3: other alone.
4: No, <laughs> watching like, across the balcony, watching a paralleled experience. I had to really sift to find the things that were, you know, those joyous moments. There's one in which someone is writing about breakfast that they eat uh, and they'll make it themselves and eat it in bed. And and it's this, I think she says it's like a hell yeah, I got this feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. Those were so rare and so sad to me because this is something that we all do. We all eat alone and yet we're all sitting here alone in our homes feeling this guilt and shame or you know not all of us but a handful of of us are all just kind of tortured by that and i do think i mean it's i don't know how to make it emotionally and i i I guess i have to just let it be and Mm. and just have the quality that it needs to have but there yeah i i think it is unfortunately something that is painful for a lot of people and and difficult yeah
0: like, is this a growing yeah. phenomenon? Like, you, you know, we keep saying, it is a thing, so feel less bad about it. But is it a thing more than it used to be a thing?
4: I think it's a thing that we're at least addressing now, yeah. or we're at least talking about. Um, only maybe just earlier this week, there was an article published, I don't even remember where, but it was about how those who eat alone on a regular basis, or who, I think it's those who live alone are eating unhealthy compared to those who live with others and are eating meals with others. So I think that, Like um, nutritionally? Um, or, yeah, yeah, nutritionally, yeah. Um, which was fascinating to me, and I think that we're just now addressing that it's a thing that we're doing it's it's a thing that people are I think we've probably been doing this for a long time, yeah, um, I think it's a city thing too, I think it has a lot to do with living in cities yeah uh but who who doesn't eat a meal alone I mean that's in a in the modern era who's who's not rushing out the door and snacking you know it's it's just so common to me that even if even if you're in your car you may be eating alone and you know yes you're in that like transitional space between home and work or somewhere else but i do think that there are these kind of bubbles in which we are doing this and it's a regular thing that's happening yeah
0: yeah i mean i would agree that hopefully the on the sort of individual level the the shame ultimately you know washes away from yeah. it but at, when i think about it large kind of the impact of you know as we said in the modern era more people eating alone um I, I you know i wonder about the impact of that on our on our emotional health and i guess you're seeing articles yeah. reporting on it the physical health of it even you right know, because right. you're because in company you kind of have those checks and balances mm-hmm. and the beauty of being alone is that you can do whatever the hell you want but the the um the potential that there's there's uh, there's something bad in that too I mean you could just <laughs> run away we don't always make the the best decisions for ourselves you know <laughs> so right. as as you pointed out with like the hot dogs and the mac and cheese and
4: yeah or um, even even when we're not making those decisions for ourselves and we feel we we feel alone that guilt is coming from that third party which is society and our psyche and and that other thing that's kind of always on our shoulders saying something so although we are utterly completely alone eating the food and we're making those decisions as that person alone we're still going to have that guilt and shame kind of no matter what as long as there's that voice in our head
0: for more head to thelonelyhour.com